Welcome to the award-winning productivity podcast, The Motivation Mindset. Learn to get stuff done without all the stress in these coffee break-sized episodes that can help you tune up your daily mindset. And now, here's your host, Risa Williams. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Risa Williams. I am a therapist and the book author of The Ultimate Time Management Toolkit, and this is Season 2 of The Motivation Mindset. Today on the show, we have a special segment called The Daily Tune-Up, where guest host Stevon Lewis, a therapist and book author, will be joining me to talk about how we can get in the mindset of feeling more motivated. Today on the show, we're talking about a very special subject that is the name of this podcast, motivation, and how we can find it and motivate ourselves more easily and more consistently in our everyday lives. And joining me today is Stevon Lewis, who is a very motivational person, and he's going to give us some tips on how we can motivate ourselves. Welcome, Stevon, to the show. What's up, Risa? Happy to be here. Like when you said we're doing motivation and it's the name of the podcast as well, I'm like, oh, like Mr. Burns, excellent. (laughs) So motivation is a tricky topic. It's my personal belief that motivation kicks in after you start moving. And I try to communicate this to my clients because often we have an unstated belief that we hold that motivation is a switch and it just turns on and off. And I should feel passionate about doing this thing, and therefore I should feel motivated to do it. Like if I said to you, I'm going to write a novel, I should feel passionate about that because I like writing, and that motivation should just kick in. I should just sit there and like type, 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 type. And we all know it seldom works like that. I'm not saying it never does, but thinking that it's going to work like that with everything is a trap we fall into. I find that you have to motivate yourself first using different tools And then once you're off and flying, then you get that feeling of being motivated, like, oh, I can't wait to start doing it. How does that work for you in your life? I I agree 100% that like, I think there's this belief that motivation will happen naturally. Yeah. You know, we just kind of wake up and we're inspired to go do and create and make things happen. And that's not really what I've seen. I mean, there's things that I like to do. Like, I love to ride my bike. I am motivated to do that to a degree, but there are days that I want to do it and I wake up and I'm like, oh, my cycling gear, I got to put the bike in the car. I'm going to like drive somewhere to the ride. And I'm like, oh, I got to wake up early. I don't really want to wake up early. And like, I've got to push past all these things that you wouldn't expect to be there because it's this thing I want to do. And I think people kind of underestimate how much of like they have to kind of just push past stuff, unpleasantness in order to become motivated to do or to engage in the activity that they want to do. It's not all going to be positive. And I think that's like the thinking error that people engage in is that I'm motivated to do something or if it's something I want to do, it'll all be positive and it'll just go streamlined and be great. Right. It goes back to that extreme thinking that people tend to fall into with so many things. And I think motivation is one of the main ones, which is not only do we think it's a switch that just automatically turns on and off. When we feel motivated, it should last forever. And like you're saying, you've been cycling for years, Mm -hmm. but it's not like just because you're good at it that the motivation matches the skill level. It just it comes and goes depending on your mental energy, your physical energy, and all the other responsibilities in your life. We have to look at it holistically rather yep. than just pinpoint, well, I'm really good at this now. Why can't I just every day? Why don't I feel like doing it? 
what's yeah. wrong with me. And then we turn it on ourselves, right? Yeah, you, oh, you nailed it. Nailed it. That's exactly the thing I was going to say is that what happens then is that we start to like beat ourselves up for not being motivated in the way that we think we should. Uh, like you said, like the example or about writing a, a novel is that you're going to wake up and you're going to just feel like typing at the computer for hours and hours and hours. And then yeah. you're going to write pages every day. And it's like, you're going to have to drag yourself away from the computer because you're so motivated. You're so, to get this novel out. You're so hyper motivated. Yeah, like that's not really And if you ask any professional writer, that is not their process at all. I mean, maybe one in a million people, that's their process. They could just do that. Or like a composer can sit at a piano and make a million symphonies that are great. That's not how it is for most people. Most people, right. it's a slog. It's like you make this commitment that you're going to do it. Like you're going to go for a ride every week and you're just going to do it, right? Or I'm just going to sit and write a page and I'm just going to do it until I hit that flow state. So when we talk about flow state, that's a concept invented by Csikszent Mihaly, who wrote a book called Creativity, Flow, and the Psychology of Discovery. And he says that's where we're all trying to go because it feels like the happiest state for people to be in. And that's when you're actively engaged in something, using your focus in a positive, happy way. So that is often where people are trying to go with feeling motivated. They want to get in that flow state because they were there once and they want to get back there. They just don't really know the map of how to get there. So he talks about in his book that you need something called activation energy, which I like to explain to people as a concept. Like in order to get motivated, you have to activate yourself. You have to get ready to get ready. In other words, you have to prime your brain, start thinking about, you know, I'm going to put my cycling clothes on, or I'm going to get the bike ready. And you have to do all of these things to cue and prep your brain. I love, I love like the way, you know, you kind of frame things because I, I understand the same thing you're saying in a different way. Yeah. You're absolutely correct. Like you have to get the cycling clothes out and you got to get that stuff ready. Like as you're doing that things, you get motivated. And so like the way I understand it is there's like, you know, research, I forget who did it uh, around like when you see someone engage in positive activities that you find kind of like noble and you want to model for yourself, you think that that person has like this higher level of motivation and they are just like dialed in. This <laughs> you is how think they they're magic. Let's be yeah. honest. You think they are magic. In they the just reality, turn it on and they're a genius. Absolutely. <laughs> like they just wake up and they're like, oh, I want to, I'm going to go work out for three hours. Like that's not how it, how it works. What happens is that they've removed all the barriers. Yeah. As many of the barriers as they can of things that would prevent them from engaging in the activity. So like if I want to wake up at 6 a.m. and go run, then like, you know, I, if I wake up and then I'm like, oh, I got to find my shoes. I got to find this. I got to get my outfit. and I don't want to wake up the person next to me or it's still so early. Like all those things would be like, oh, screw it. I'm just going to lay back down. Whereas like, right. if you like, oh, I've set the alarm. I got my my workout clothes on already. My running shoes are right by the bed. You know, I all I got to do is brush my teeth. The car keys and my gym bag are right by the door. That's like, then, the mental prep I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, You're I'm just doing it naturally because you've learned if you don't do that, it's too easy to just stay put. We will always just stay put. Yeah, yeah. We haven't it, set ourselves up to feel motivated. Yeah, we've got to like factor in. Again, I think that's the unpleasantness. Like no one wants to get ready. Nobody wants to feel like it's hard work to get to the thing I want to do. Yeah. Also, there is some work involved in getting the things you want. 
we've got to factor that into our definition or understanding of getting to a place we want to get to. So like that end goal doesn't just happen because you woke up that day. You have yeah. to do things to get there. And not all of those things will be fun. Right. So a lot of it is like physical things you actually have to do to prepare. Mm-hmm. And then the second piece is what are you saying to yourself in your head? Yeah. Like the more you're fighting yourself over doing the thing, the more chances are that you will just stay put and not move forward at all. So mm-hmm. if you're adding thoughts like, oh, well, it's cold and I don't want to do that. I'm going to be so sweaty and tired or I don't want to get up. I don't want to. Yeah, yeah. And and then we're fighting ourselves. It's like adding more barriers and our brain already will look for any barriers to not do it. Right. Exactly. Because again, working hard is not easier thing to do. It's easy to just sit around. So like I watch a lot of documentaries on stuff. And so there's this bodybuilder named C.T. Fletcher and he makes this great statement about like bodybuilding. He's like, I don't eat the food I eat because it tastes good. Right. Mm-hmm. He's like, I eat the food I eat because of the results it will have in my body. Exactly. What is the outcome we're going yes. towards? Yep. Yep. And so you're like watching him eat boneless, skinless, you know, chicken breast, like, <laughs> no right. seasoning, uh, broccoli. And he's like, I'm not eating it for it to taste good. This is not my favorite meal, but the results it will have in my body is what I'm going for. And I think that that's part of it is that we've got to also factor in the idea of like the results we want to get. And again, what work is going to have to happen for us to get to that place? And people oftentimes don't want to do the unpleasant part, you know, eating this meal that doesn't really taste good. It's not the, you know, the the cheeseburger with the bacon that I want. And the, exactly. Because you know, the they want like, the quick hit yep, of dopamine yep. or whatever in their brain mm-hmm. of this is rewarding. But when we start stretching out the time frame, like, I am experiencing frustration right now to save myself from feeling way bigger frustration a year from now when yes. I'm in the same state. I think that's where people go wrong is their time frame is so limited to the now and they're not stretching it like a year from now if I keep this up where will I be? And sometimes even talking to a client and asking them that you see them pull back and they're like, "Oh, I didn't even think about a year from now. I'm just thinking of like how am I going to get through this week?" doing this right. thing over and over again. And that's why like, when I think about motivation and I think about kind of creating new habits, I ask people, well, how long have you done it the way you've been doing it? <laughs> right. Like, Get them to start thinking about like, well, if it took you two years to get to where you are now with like not doing things this way, how long do you think it'll take to get <laughs> right. out of that? Right. Yeah. Like, just, just starting there because people, you know, if we take an example of like losing weight, it's like, well, did you gain 20 pounds in like two days? Like, how did that work? Been over the last year, I've put on 20 pounds. Okay. So then if that's the case, it took you a year to put on 20. How quickly do you think that 20 is going to go off? Like, are you like you're going to get rid of it? Are you going to lose that in three weeks? Maybe not, because it took way longer than that for you to get it on there. That's what I mean. Our sense of time is so wonky. The more I talk to people about time, the more I realize this. Like our sense of time is very strange when it comes to goals. We always want things to be instant or what we perceive as reasonable, which is usually like most people will tell you two to three months or less than a month is their reasonable version of a goal. And yet to build that muscle or to learn that skill often takes beyond that. And that's where we hit our own frustration tolerance because that idea to us is so not pleasant. 
right? That idea that I'm going to have to do this for longer than a month. My brain can only hold a month. I mean, I do that too sometimes with a new thing. Like I get frustrated and I have to remind myself, well, a month goes by really quickly. Why am I getting so hung up on this short time frame? Right. You know, what is that doing to my mental state? That's not making me feel motivated if I think of things like that. For sure. And I think like that's the the part you're really getting at is the idea that like motivation can be really intense at the outset. Like we're super excited about this new goal that we've set for ourselves and yeah. we're going to be purposeful and all that. And, and in that moment, we aren't thinking about all the things that we're going to have to endure to get to the end goal. And so like when, when we start to run into like these hurdles that we have to get over, like, I don't feel like getting up this morning or it's really cold, you know, during the winter. So maybe I don't really want to be outside as much as I need to be to do right. this thing. Yeah. Then it's like, oh, you know, motivation starts to wane. And I think what, what separates people from, you know, the ones who like lose motivation and, and kind of stay engaged, it's like they, they recognize the end goal. It's going to take some adversity, right? Like to get to something, yeah. good, there's going yeah. to be adversity. And your job is to figure out how to overcome the adversity that's going to be presented. And it's different for different people. And so like, right. oftentimes, I think what, what we do is we look at someone who's already gotten to where we want to get to. Yeah. And we don't factor in all the stuff they maybe had, all the adversity. they All the hard there. work and exactly. arguing with themselves yep. and early morning or whatever they had to do. Naysayers, They're not broadcasting like, it. Lack of support. Yeah. Any of the stuff that they had to do to kind of get there, the sacrifices they made, we don't know that. We're just like, oh, they're so amazing. I want to do what they did. Yeah, Yeah. because people aren't communicating that usually to anyone else unless they're talking to a therapist or something. Like you're not seeing all of the things they're doing every day and all the times they wanted to give up and they felt a lack of confidence along the way. You're just seeing the end goal where it looks like magic. Like, oh my God, they're so amazing. How did they get this far? Because you weren't tracking their progress over the last two years. You were just ignoring them. And now they're posting on social media and it looks like magic. It does look like magic. Like, you know, one sees like if I tell people for me, you know, that's a good one. Like social media is because like I've done well with my Instagram and got a bunch of followers. Didn't have all these followers at first. Uh, but like, if you go back to, and I leave this up on purpose, like some of my earlier posts, they were getting like 15 likes, 10 Uh likes, like, you know, and now, you know, whatever, like, you know, hundreds of likes are like easy to get, but like, that's the thing. Like if, if, if people just say, Oh, well you get, look at all the engagement you get. And it's like, yeah, it wasn't like that when I first started out. Like that's And you work really hard at it. You do it every day. It's not like magic. Everything you put out there is a success. You keep trying new things and some of it takes and some of it doesn't. Yeah. And I think that's like, you know, part of the faux pas about, you know, I guess like the Aaron thinking about motivation is that, it's not just this magical thing that happens and you stay in it. So when you talk about the flow, like you live there, it's consistency might be the cheat code. Like you just got to be really right. consistent with doing something. And that's how you get to be really good. It's like, like you said, the activation is like, you just got to start doing something consistently. Yeah. It's taking those little tiny micro steps every week and just trusting that over time they add up. So I'd encourage everyone a thing that's worked for me because I often had that problem with motivation and feeling like, why am I not there? And why have I wasted all this time and the beating yourself up is to start tracking the little things you're doing each week. I do. I've been doing this for years now in a journal. I just have a bullet journal and I write down, you know, post it on social media or release this podcast episode. In some weeks, it feels 
like nothing's happening. Like often in my brain, I'm like, nothing happened this week. Even when we started this conversation, you asked me what happened this week. And I was like, I I, I don't know, nothing. <laughs> but when I really think about it, a lot of stuff happened this week. And yeah. it's good that I'm writing it down because it's trained me over time to look at things objectively. Like we were saying, just the facts. What are the facts? Well, every week I am trying to move things forward. Some weeks it's a huge step. Some weeks it's not. Most weeks it isn't. Most weeks, it's a little tiny thing. But over time, I can see that I eventually get to where I want to go. So I think tracking is so important because as we're discussing, we often have a wonky estimate of time. For sure. And our brains default to negativity. So like we see what didn't happen or where we didn't get, and we assess that to mean that we aren't doing enough. And it's like the stock market, like it's up and down, but like, where's the trend line? So like, yeah. you know, that, that's, that's what we don't really do a good job of is like you said, tracking that stuff over time. And I don't know, I, I get why, like, you know, I think the the pre- prevailing kind of belief is that if I pay attention to the stuff that's not going well, then that's how I become successful. And so when I think about motivation, yeah. people often try to berate themselves to motivate themselves to do better. And it's the thing I go by to, criticizing like, themselves and yeah, being super sure. harsh on themselves, which we know doesn't work. It doesn't That's work with other weird. humans either. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, hey, newsflash, everybody listening, like beating yourself up doesn't make you better. Like, it's not, no, it's not the thing that it doesn't make you want to do the thing. It makes all. your brain not want to do the thing. You're actively training your brain to not want to do the thing. Because all it's associating with this is like geez, whenever I engage in this activity, I really feel bad about myself. I get beat up. Like (laughs) when I try to go for a bike ride, I beat myself up. So therefore, I don't want to go on a bike ride anymore. That's what your brain is saying. And it's like, okay, the brain's (laughs) like, I control everything in this. Like now I'm going to shut all this stuff down. (laughs) Now you're not going to perform as well. Like we're not going to go the extra mile to like put forth more energy. Like all this stuff. Like Your brain is like, just stay in bed. Why are you trying to do this thing you're going to beat me up about later? Yep, 100% self-preservation. Yeah, yeah, we shut we shut it down. We'll shut it down. And that's why you don't feel motivated. Often it's because of the way you're talking to yourself. It's the way you're saying, I need to meet this instantly and be perfect and be magic. Like I want to get on that bike and just yeah. do the tour to France. No, right. I right. mean, your brain is going to shut that down. It'll and be like, that's way too hard. Let's just stay in bed. It's yeah. way easier. You talk about this often of like kind of breaking things down into very small goals. Yeah. So like, sure. You have this long goal of like, I want to ride my bike a hundred miles. And like, we get to mile 50 and we're like, oh, my legs are done. I'll never make it to a hundred miles. And it's like, well, let's make the goal. Like you got <laughs> to 50, let's get to 51. And yeah. then like, just keep building there. But people don't think of it like that. They're like, I have to get to a hundred. And it's like, yeah, but also before you get to 100, you have to get through all these other miles. So like, why yeah. can't each one of those miles be a goal? Yeah. And then if you're writing it down, you're seeing that you're at least doing it. And that actually builds more confidence than trying to do it all in one manic go and then burning mm-hmm. yourself out. That feeling of like pushing yourself too hard and then your brain shutting it down creates less confidence than taking baby steps over a long period of time. Because if you're taking baby steps, what you're telling yourself is, hey, that felt easy. That felt fun. I did that in five minutes. Then you're getting the dopamine hit of reward. 
versus I struggled, I pulled a hamstring, now I'm out for the count, where's the reward? I don't feel good, you know, and you may have times where you have to push through things and challenge yourself a little more. That's not what we're saying. We're just saying consistently, what is the level of flow where it doesn't feel so harsh? It makes me think about athletes where they have that concept of like, you've got to go slow to go fast. So like yeah. when they're practicing something, they aren't practicing it at like game speed or like competition speed. They're doing it slow and methodical because yeah. they want to get like the movements correct. They want exactly. to work out all the, the little kind of kinks to say, I'm now doing this in the way that I'm supposed to do it. And then I add the speed to it. after, And the that. velocity, because exactly. otherwise you're going to crash. 100%. When I was a dancer, it was the same thing. You walk through the steps ah. before you do the steps. So you'll often see people marking it and mm-hmm. it doesn't even look like they're dancing because they're trying to rehearse. Yeah. How, where are we crossing? How are we not going to crash into each other? You know, if right. you do that at top speed from the get-go, someone's going to fall and get hurt. See, and that's the thing. And it's that part of us, again, that wanting that dopamine, wanting that that immediate gratification that we can't slow down enough to say like, hey, if you slow down, you will get to where you want to get to. Right, right. Yeah. So how do you incorporate this in everyday things? Like even something silly that you're unmotivated to do, like chores around the house or whatever, it's that element of mental queuing it up or prep or mental rehearsal. Sometimes all it takes is just lying there for a second and picturing yourself doing it or picturing the outcome, which can be very motivating, like Mm -hmm. picturing the finished feeling. Like that's going to feel great when I fold those clothes or put everything away and I can like see the floor again or something. So I don't know if this is correct, but here's kind of what I do. It works for me. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a combination, I think, of what you're doing. It's it, it's it's about the activation stuff of like, I've got to start doing something. But the reward for me is not really the, the finished folding the clothes or having taken the trash out. The 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 motivation for me, like the, the reward is to get back on the couch and not do anything. Yeah, so like because oh, you the, want your time back. Yeah. So the yeah. faster I can get that done. So it's like, oh, the trash needs to go out. I immediately go. It's like, oh, well, you don't have to do it now. You can do it later. And it's like, no, I want to do it now so that I can get back to chilling and like right. not doing anything. That's I think that's goal. true for a lot of people. It's like then I've cleared the slate. Mm-hmm. I can sit there, I can play a video game, I can watch my show, yeah. and I don't have it hanging over me. I can finally right. relax. And that's what we're trying to connect with, the future yep. feeling. I want to relax. What do I mm-hmm. have to do to relax? I got to put these clothes away. You nailed it. That's exactly my thought process. It's like, yeah. it's not hanging over me. I've cleared the slate. I can now relax because it's not impending on my to-do list. I've gotten it done. Right. And we can approach yeah. that with other things. Like, let's say you are trying to write a novel. Well, that's going to be in the back of your head all day long. Why am I not writing my novel? Why do I not feel motivated? If you just said, I'm going to write for 10 minutes, I'm going to sit down. And if all I do is a sentence, I'm done. And I often use this trick with clients, like a 10 minute, 15 minute rule. Mm-hmm. And that's what the Pomodoro technique was trying to get people to do mm-hmm. is like, just set a time limit. It doesn't matter how much you accomplish right. because just that is that activation energy. You've now opened up the document, you're staring at it, you're forcing your brain like, hey, connect. You know what happens is after a week of doing that, people are often flying. They're not doing 10 minutes, they're doing an hour, they're doing 45 minutes because they've tricked their brain. Like, okay, we're staring at the computer. I don't want to do that. Might as well type a sentence. Next thing you know, you've written a page. That That's what I was going to say is that like, 
and the thing is like when you set such a i don't want to say it's a small time but it is kind of like a it's a like smaller, lowering the bar yeah. right and what happens is that you end up doing more. It's you so overachieve. weird. You yeah. overachieve. Because Every- we're contrarians. I really believe our brains are contrary. If you say you have to be in the Olympics, we won't. But if you right. say, like, you just have to walk across the room, your brain will be like, okay, I'm going to walk a mile. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to do way more than the thing you said. I'm going to do sure. the opposite. Yeah. I mean, am I the only one? My brain works like that. Absolutely. Like, I think about it. Like, if I'm like, oh, I need to work out seven days a week, at least 30 minutes. Like, oh, I'll never do seven days a week. Do 30 minutes one day a week. It's like, oh, now I've like done an hour and it's like, I've done that for four (laughs) days. It's It's almost like we think we're cheating our own system and that gives us a reward. Right, right, right. <laughs> like I did it. I wrote the yeah. paper in five minutes when I said I was going to do it for four hours. I win. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's like I did the thing. I showed you self. I showed you my own brain. Take that. Yeah, take that. Take that. Like you thought you thought you were only going to do five minutes. Yeah, I did thirty. I tricked like, you. You just tricked yourself into achieving more. That's so awesome. But that's what we do. Like we literally, it's the smaller thing. We're like, no, that's too small. That's what we tell ourselves. And so like, we want to make it bigger, but the way to really get the production is to keep it small and you will do more. Yeah. So lower those expectations. Lower your expectations. Just lower them. them. You will blow them out of the water. Right. Right. People don't believe it. Like that's like contrary to like what science says, like what people believe is like, Oh, like, no, if you set too small of goals, you'll achieve those. You'll be lazy forever. No, if you set small goals, you'll probably do them. You'll do them and you'll do more (laughs) than that, right? Like, but if you set like these lofty goals, you'll never get there. You'll never move. You'll never get started because our brains want fun. I mean, I think uh, my whole philosophy about everything is like our brains are always looking for more fun. Yes. (laughs) So when you're setting it so high, it's automatically not fun. Like if you say it out loud to somebody. And you hear your own words. Do yeah. they sound fun to you? Or does it sound like, oh, my God, what are you doing to yourself? Right, right, right. Why That's am I thing. saying this call? It's, it's People don't understand that about their language. Like when you when you tell your brain something, like it takes it literally. Right. It's like that becomes the thing. <laughs> it's like, like it's oh now my God, a law. That sounds awful. Why <laughs> that are we setting that goal? Terrible. And so what you've done is like when you've made like such a big goal, it's almost like perfectionism. Like you've made it such a, a narrow opportunity to get to the fun that you're talking about. Right? Like <laughs> oh, you have to win gold at the Olympics to enjoy this. Like I'm never going to enjoy it. Like right. we're going to have fun. Yeah. Well, like, and maybe the people who are actually doing those things, they've now gotten to the everyday level where they're doing such challenging things that that right. just feels easy to them. It yep. doesn't feel like what it feels to the rest of us. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like in cycling, we have this saying of like, and if, if, if nobody's ever ridden a bike, you know, riding a bike on the beach path, very different from riding a bike up a hill. Uh, try yeah. it and you'll understand what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, I but believe the thing is, is, is that like the saying is, it doesn't get easier. You just no. get faster. So like going <laughs> uphill is hurting the other person that's blowing past you. They're hurting too. It's just they go <laughs> faster while they're hurting. <laughs> You're just going slower, but it never really gets easy. That's so true. It doesn't yeah. get easy. They're not having a fun time. They're not having a fun time. They're hurting. <laughs> they just go faster while they're hurting. <laughs> <laughs> they get to the downhill downhill part. Yeah. Faster than everybody. And then they're exactly. having fun. 
And then they're having fun. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. That's what it is. It just takes you longer to get there. Exactly. So, again, the answer then is climb a shorter hill and then you'll get better at heels. Like just do more of the shorter heels. Yeah. And not the ones. Just go up a little bunny hill and then yeah. you get to the down part faster. Yep. yep and then you yep. can feel like, okay, I got some muscles. Yeah. You know, exactly. I built that skill up. And then you'll do it like twice and then three times. Then you're like, oh, I'll just do a longer hill. And then the downhill will be longer. And that'll be the thing. Right, right. So don't wait for others to motivate you to do things. Face your own uncomfortable feelings. And then think about how uncomfortable it's going to be to stay still. I think that's the piece. It's like staying still should feel more uncomfortable. The idea that in a year's time, you haven't gotten to where you want to go should feel worse than the uncomfortable feeling of just doing these little baby steps forward. And I think like if any other takeaway, you know, people have from listening to this is just the idea that there ought to be some sort of work or adversity expected or included in your definition of success. So like to get to something good and to be successful, it takes some effort and you're going to have to overcome some things to get there. And that's okay. It's going to make you stronger and more confident in the end. That's what you get. One piece I want to leave you with is if you want to end up somewhere differently tomorrow, you have to start by doing a little thing differently today. Thank you so much, Stevan, for being on the show. It was so much fun. Thank you. Thanks for having me again, Risa. If you're enjoying tools discussed on the show, please visit risawilliams.com and click on podcast. There you can learn about books, upcoming episodes, and future special segments of the show. You can also follow me at Risa Williams Therapy for contests and book giveaways. I'm Risa Williams, and we're out of time. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.